Kia ora te whanau. Welcome to Back to Kura episode 2 with Ashley and Shiloh. Kia ora. You know what, the first thing that I'll say is it's good to be back and recording episode 2. We are very, very excited to be here. We've got a lot to share with you. We've just been talking about it all week. It's been exciting. And another thing that I want to put out there is um, thank you to everybody who listened to the first mm. episode. Yeah, thank you. We've had heaps of feedback from a lot of people who have felt like they're on a similar journey or they felt like they could resonate with a lot of what we were sharing. So, yeah, thank you so much to everyone that's listened and we hope we can continue on the journey together. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. How are you? Kate te Ah, Kate te Neneo. Tired. Tired. Um, yeah, I mean, this week I feel like it's been uh, like a hard week for me. It's um, something I do want to share um, that I was taught by Stacey Morrison is that rumaki is, um, translates to immersion, uh, but it also translates to drowning. So I feel like uh, this week for me, as I kind of settled into this journey, it has been a bit of a um, feeling like I'm drowning a little bit in te ao Māori, in te reo Māori, and so I'm trying to just kind of find my feet. For those of you who are tuned in for the first time now, Rumaki, um, we have signed up to a full year mm. te reo Māori full immersion course at Te Wānanga o Takiura, and uh, we're here to talk about our first week, which has been eventful, to say the least. Mm. Um, I think we should touch on kind of the first experience that we had at Takiura this week, which was porphyry. Yeah, do you know what? I remember just driving to the Wananga and feeling nervous, you know, feeling all those feelings like, oh my goodness, like this is such a new journey for me. And then I remember driving in and I saw, you know, like faces of, like I saw uh, your mum, mm. I saw Stacey Morrison, I saw a mama with a pepe, I saw um, police officers, I saw... Uh, Kuya from Wukukauai like I saw these different people and I suddenly felt like the whakama that I may have carried with me mounted away because I felt like I wasn't alone and that there were all these people that were on the same journey as I was and anyways we as we could hear the waiata and it was welcoming us on and, and, um, the poor fitty and I had such an um, amazing experience uplifting experience I ended up standing next to a wahine and she was crying and I was crying. So we're both crying because it was an emotional experience. You could really feel the wairua um, throughout all of this. And what I realised is that we were crying about the same thing, about about the reclaiming, that we're both on this journey and we're all on this journey, all the, all the Māori that were there um, were on this journey of reclaiming te reo Māori. And afterwards, I spoke to her, and she had moved from Australia. Uh, her name's Antoinette, and she's in our class. And she had moved from Australia. Um, I lived in Australia, grew up in Australia, moved from Australia just to enrol in Te Wananga. And she knew who I was because she had read one of my articles, which had inspired her to go on the same journey of learning Te Reo Māori. And out of all the people, I ended up standing next to her. And so I felt like we connected without even having to speak to each other in the beginning because we could just feel the wider world for each other and we're both crying and it was just such an emotional but powerful experience. It gave me goosebumps just hearing that. You know, when you told me the first time about Antoinette and the journey that she went on and moving back from Australia 
to come back to Aotearoa to reclaim that identity and culture and the fact that she did that because of an article that you read, which we talked about in episode one, about your journey, man, it gives me goosebumps. Even yeah. just hearing and talking about that, you know? And to put a face to that name and to know who she is and know that she's on the same journey as us, along with a lot of the people that were at Porphyry and in our classroom is, is so special. Yeah, and, you know, the fact that Antoinette now, she, you know, is staying in a hostel at the moment. Um, she enrolled last minute. And there were, she was on the waiting list, but then someone dropped out, and then she got the place last minute. And so, when I was talking to her after, she said, "I know that I'm here because of my tupuna. They've led me here, and and I feel the same thing about myself, and for all of us. And especially when I look at all the faces of of all the different people, and you know, when we were when we were at the Pufiti, right, and I was looking around, and I was like, starting to see, oh, look, there's Ashley over there, in the back in the <laughs> corner, hiding away." <laughs> So there's Ashley, oh, you know, looking at all these faces and I just thought, oh, well, I wonder what the story is of each of these people. What brought them here? What sacrifices did they have to make mm. to get here? Were they led by their tupuna too? Did they feel their tupuna bringing them here? You know, so I'm just so looking forward to getting to know every person and hearing their story because we're all on the same journey and we all have the same dream, but how we got here looks different for everyone. Yeah, yeah everyone's journey is different. And how good was it to just be immersed and surrounded by Māori people. Mm. Like I seriously, same as you, when I when I, I actually turned up late to the porphyry. Oh, I got on that, you know, I got on before everyone yeah, was welcome. I know, I see in. you walking late. Bloody <laughs> um, But just to walk in there and just see all of these Māori and their whānau that are coming to support them at the porphyry and to know how big of a moment this was for me, they're probably all feeling exactly the same way. Mm. That this is the start of a new journey for all of us, right. and it was ju- it was just such a good feeling, and it was a special feeling, and it was just so awesome to be in the crowd and seeing all these other Maori faces and kind of just saying like giving the cheer eyes and you know just it really felt like even before we had met anybody, we were connected. Mm-hmm. We were connected on a similar journey. And I gotta send some love to my to my friend because this is probably the per, uh, the first porphyry that I actually really took in and really wanted to know what the process was and really listened to all the fight and the mahis and really tried to absorb as much as possible. And my friend came to Totoko uh, me at the porphyry and just to know oh and others Stacy Morrison and my Fano but. To see my bro, my best friend that I've gone through school with, who knows the deal and understands the significance of the porphyry, for him to take it on his shoulders to be like, I'm going to come totoku you at the porphyry, it meant so much to me. It made me feel confident and it gave me confidence to know people are backing me on this journey and that my friends and family are, are there to totoku including the airplane that's <laughs> flying Are we going to cut that out or just leave it? Oh, we'll just leave it. All good. It well, is what it is. Um, Ashley, what made it so special for you to see your friend there supporting you? Well, for him to be there to afi me, to help me, to support me, to walk in and feel like I've got someone there that I can lean on in this introduction period, to ask, oh, what is going on here? Or what did they just say? Or... 
why are they sitting opposite each other? You know, all these questions that I just quickly or quietly lean over and whisper to him, asking him questions. And for me to have that person there that I could ask those questions to and get answers to, it, will, it really made me feel a lot more comfortable. And what I also kind of learned from him, which was significant about our porphyry, is that this particular one, because <clears throat> he was saying that he wanted to get up and fight court and I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you're the man, you can fight court at all, what? Um, but he was saying, yeah, well, the reason that I wanted to get up is because this porphyry in particular is the handing over of your whānau or your friends to Takiura. So he wanted to say that I'm here to support my friend and I'm giving him over to you guys, so take care of him. Wow. And I'm like, oh, man. Wow, that got me emotional. <sighs> And then at the end of it all, when we kind of separated from our people that came to Totoko at the Porphyry, I had, in my memory of my best friend, we've got the same tattoo and everything, we've grown up together, I don't remember ever giving him a hongi. And then I remember walking up to him as we were kind of parting ways. And traditionally, we'd do our little handshake. We've got a little handshake that we do. But instead of doing the handshake, I just grabbed his hand and I went, boom, and gave him a hongi. And I think for me, that moment was like, we in there. This is. I'm going. I'm going for it. You know what I mean. Mm, it's beautiful. Mm. That was an awesome moment. Yeah. No, I love that, and I love what you were saying before about the connection, because I felt that too. Like there was just a, a wider uh, in the room that I just haven't felt before. I haven't felt for a long time that I had this confirmation that I was exactly where I'm, I'm meant to be. You know, like it just felt. Like almost like I was on cloud nine, like, and seeing Papa Tafiti walk in in his pink shirt <laughs> and, like, and greet us with a big smile on his face, and I was thinking, like, I wonder if Papa Tafiti realizes the lives that he's changing or that he has changed, and I wonder if in a year's time oh, we will look different, or, or how different we will look as he looks at all of us. Because I saw him kind of looking into our eyes, into each of us, and I wonder if. What he sees now, in a year's time, will be completely different. Yeah, maybe look-wise, on the outside, we will look different, but our ahua will definitely be different. Mm. I've already felt over this first four days, from Tuesday to Friday, that I've had mass growth. From porphyry to Friday, end of class, the bell's mm. gone, we go home. Different. Good wairua. Mm. I'm meant to be here, this is... This is what I want to do. I want to wake up happy for the rest of the year knowing that I'm going to be going to class, that I'm going to be learning. It's so, it's so exciting. Charlotte's smiling across the room because um, I think we've had somewhat of <laughs> slightly different experiences for our first okay, week. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't wake up excited every morning, okay? Sometimes I get anxiety when going to class. Oh, yes, yes, definitely anxiety, but I mean, <laughs> or a tanifa, a tanifa. The tanifa, the tanifa of, anxiety. of anxiety, which is something that we've learned. And for me, just to even remember that from our Kyoko sharing that these anxieties of anxiety, shyness, of, you know, language trauma, all those things are tanifa. Mm. You know, even that for me is an understanding and a learning that I didn't have before going to Kura. So that's why I wake up excited. It might be hard at class and I might not get all the words and I might 
pronounce some some things wrong. But the fact that I'm going in there and I'm challenging myself every day and I'm learning new things is about my culture and about my people and about my language. I can't complain, you know. Mm. I'm just happy about that. Yeah, and I think for me it's I have to try and hold on or cling on to the moments like the porphyry where I was feeling like I was like strengthened and uplifted and remembering the purpose of why I'm doing this because I have to say the second day was really hard for me and I think the hard thing was we were um so so we we got into our class and it was awesome we met our classmates and feeling feeling really good but then once we get into learning the kupa and things like that I think that's when the whakama comes back the tanifa of anxiety and we're learning sort of like um we're doing that arco thing. For those that don't understand that or haven't um, seen that, it's sort of like the rods, the sticks, and we were learning um, like numbers and colours and sort of like things that you would learn in like kohanga reo. And that's fine because we're all kind of learning this together. But for me, I, I was struggling to um, remember the word for brown, for dodi, and I just couldn't get it. And it was like, I felt like everyone in my group was getting it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't remember that word. Parodi, parodi, parodi. And I guess that on top of, um, like, you know, a number of other things kind of gave me a lot of anxiety. And then, you know, there are times in the class where I just had to kind of get up and get out and go into the bathroom and just have a little cry and then kind of just process everything and then come back. And I think those moments... Yeah, uh, uh, what I struggle with, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I thought maybe I was because everyone looks happy, <laughs> like Ashley, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just me. No, and and it's just like the the trying to get over the feeling, like I'm feeling dumb, and I, I mean it's like it's such a weird thing to say because we're all learning right these basic words, but I don't know. For me, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like why can't I get it? Why is it so hard? It's interesting that you say that because I had a feeling that you might have been not struggling but finding it a little bit hard It could have just because I see your face and I'm like, oh. But we haven't sat at the same tepu yet. Oh, yeah, that's so right. Me and Ashley are in the same class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, so me and Charlotte are in the same class, but how we learn is we learn in small groups and every day when we go into kura, we sit at different tables. So they say, you know, don't just sit at the same spot and work with the same people. Mix yourselves up so that you learn about different people. You learn about how different people learn and you kind of get to know our classroom a lot better. And I love that because mm-hmm. I love meeting all the people in Aokura. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, The stories, the laughs. I, 100%, how many times have you laughed at Kura last week? <laughs> it's so, there's it, just so much fun. You have to laugh. It's just—it's <laughs> funny. There's a lot of like people, and it's Maori humor. Mm, the kayak like, funny, eh? The kayak. Oh Shot Tyler May. Tyler May. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> You're amazing. I am so so happy that we landed Tyler May as our yeah, kayak. Tyler she, May's beautiful. She is Tahua beautiful. Yeah. She is absolutely beautiful. And the thing that really stood out for me with Tyler May was that straight away, the first time that we met her in, in class, she talked about these anxieties, the shyness, the the whakama, the overthinking, all of those things. And she said, I feel the same way. Mm. I'm exactly the same as you. I'm, I'm probably got more anxiety than you guys right now. So she straight away set the tone for a safe space. 
she identified those things. She made me feel comfortable. And I'm just so happy that we've got her as a kaioko. I just, I think she makes my learning experience so much better. And I'm happy that we have her as a kaioko. It, ah, can't even begin to explain mm. that ahua and how grateful I am. I love yeah. her. I love her. She's awesome. She's Yeah, she's beautiful and she's understanding and empathetic and very funny. Funny as. <laughs> funny as. Making lots of jokes, which keeps a, um, you know, keeps a good way to her. Back on you and your learning journey, which is interesting for me because now that I know that, I mean, you know that our whole classroom and everybody at Kura is there to support you in your journey, right? So you've got Totoku, you've got me, you've got your classmates, you've got your kaioko that are here to help you on that journey. I remember Papa Tafiri coming in and saying, he gave us a speech in our class, and he's talked about a lot of things, about climbing the mountain of your real journey. He said, don't give up. You know, Don't look at the mountain and bend your back and go, oh, I can't do this. Climb to the top and overcome those tiny files or anxieties and get there, you know what I mean? The other thing that I really appreciated about his korero was that he said that each and every person in our building is there to support you. You go speak to anybody. They want to see you climb that mountain. Yeah, I did. I love what, I love that he said that. And he said that no one gets left behind because mm. everyone is whānau. And we're not meant to learn in isolation. So I really love that. And you know what else he said that really resonated when he said, you're not here to learn to do a Māori. And I was like, what? And he's like, you're, you're here to learn te ao Māori, right? You're here to learn the world of Māori. And so I think that really resonated because the language, if we were just to get the language, it'd be a waste of time, right? Mm. We're learning so much more than that of, of our culture and of our identity, of who we are. And so I think all of those tanifas come in the struggle of learning Māori. But one classmate did point out that tanifas like kaitiaki as well. Right, which I was like, wow, I was like blown away by that. And so with the, the kupu, Māori word, it has so many meanings and have double meaning. And so tanifa is not necessarily a negative thing. And like when you're in those depths of humility, of anxiety, and it can turn into a way to push us, I think, maybe, and help us, challenge us. You bring up there's so much depth in our reo and in the kupu, not just, it's not just one thing. It's beautiful. And that even excites me even more to learn more kupu because I'm like, okay. Um, And something that was somewhat of a milestone for me in Kura this week was we were learning um, maua, taua, and raua. raua. And in the past when I've done my courses, university, school, night classes, morning classes, um, those have always been so hard to learn. And so hard to pick up. But I feel like I've got a grasp on them now, which is an awesome milestone for me. And to add on to that, when we were learning about those in class, instead of being told, oh, this is maua, which is me and my mate, or this is taua, which is you and me, instead of thinking like that, I just thought, that's taua, and that's maua, and that's raua. I didn't translate it into Pākehā. Mm, which is what they want us to do, right? Because we, we, we're changing our whole mind and our heart into te ao Māori. And you know what? When um, Tyler May was like, put your books away, 
put your pens away. You remember things in here, and she points to her head. And that freaked me out because I'm, I write. That's how I've always traditionally learned is writing. And she's like, no, 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 we're not doing any of that. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, alarm bells. <laughs> beep, beep, beep. I like felt like naked and vulnerable because I don't learn through picture imagery. I learn through writing. But this new way of learning has been really enlightening for me as well because it's, again, and that's what Papa Tafari said, is that we're learning how to have a Māori heart, right? We're learning how to change the way that we think. And for me, I'm pouring up the old ways and pouring in the new ways mm. of learning. And that, to me, is that visual learning and, and thinking in te ao Māori rather than te ao Pākehā. And even when we go back to the Tanitha of anxiety, I thought about how it can be such a positive thing in the way that, you know, like I'm in the bathroom, like, like crying, and I'm like, how can that be a positive thing? But it can be because I feel like I would have greater empathy for those who have really, really bad whakamā over learning to do a Māori or for those that are like crippled with anxiety over it, or, or even in the journey of reclaiming, because there are so many I know that have that whakamā, and maybe someone said something to them, and we've talked about it in the first episode, that might that might have hurt their feelings or whatever, and then they've turned the other way. Mm. Um, or those who just struggle in this journey, and I feel like that tanifa of kaitiaki keeps me humble. Mm. Um, kia nāko māhaki. Nāko māhaki. Which is Aye. the learning principle yeah. Be humble. Mm-hmm. And which is the most important learning principle of the stage that we're at in Kura at the moment, which is um, Te Atarangi, which Shaila was talking about before with the blocks, 10 different sizes, 10 different colours, and you can substitute a block for a kupu or you can use them to count the colour. And there's five principles, which I thought were amazing. Uh, but the most important principle was the one that we just mentioned. Nako mahaki, mm. which is to be humble, right. because everybody's learning at different stages, at different paces, which is something that I think a lot of us are thinking about every day at Kuru. I mean, I definitely am. Um, as much as I'm finding it awesome and I'm loving the experience, every time that I'm sitting at that tepu and I'm with my ropu or my little group, I'm thinking to myself, how do I operate in a nako mahaki way? It's a balancing act every day, every day, because naturally uh, I see myself in more of a pushing rangatira type person where I'm going, oh, yo, let's do this, or oh, yo, we could do that, or what, da, da, da. But I'm like, nah, man, I gotta be, I gotta, I gotta be nako mahaki, hard out. So I'm learning kupu and learning sentences, but I'm also learning values and how to operate. Which is amazing. Yeah, because I think if it was easy for us, then we wouldn't be, I mean, nako mahaki, we wouldn't, we'd be quite arrogant, right? We would just kind of... Whakahihi. <laughs> we'd be whakahihi through whakahihi. this journey. You know, every week we'd just be like, yeah, we've got this kupu, and we've got this, and this, and this. And there'd be no learning experience in all of it. And I think I need to remember that during those um, humbling times when I'm struggling or when I feel real whakama, or when I just want to cry because I'm not getting it, or when I feel like everyone else is smarter than me in the room. And I think there's nothing more humbling than going from, and I think for all of us right in our class, we all come from different careers. I mean, there's a, I think there's a few queer. 
you know like the you know and um rangatahi as well yeah rangatahi we're all of 18 year olds we're all different ages but in the room in the fare we are all on that same level and i think that is so humbling and beautiful mm. you know i've just thoroughly enjoyed it Seriously, and I wanted to say this on episode two because we've had a week of kura, and I feel like every Māori deserves to be in that environment. Mm. It's a healing environment. It's a safe environment. It's a comfortable environment. It's a learning environment. And I just wholeheartedly believe that if you are on that journey of reclaiming or you do want to learn the real, I think that you should go to Takuda or you should go to a full immersion. Take that year because it's going to be beneficial for you in so many ways. Mm, for sure. Mm. It's been amazing, the people that you connect with. I think that's been the the greatest thing for me is meeting the different people and hearing their stories. I can't turn the journalist mm. <laughs> out in the air because I want to know, how, like, why are you here? Mm. And um, I think Barbara... Um, Kuya Kuya in our class has been um, amazing getting to know her story. She said to me that she wants to stand up and speak to Reo Māori at her 70th birthday. And so she's 69. Oh, amazing. Like that to me, I just, you know, when, when when she said that, I just, oh, I just got goosebumps. You know, and, and, and that to me is what inspires me and keeps me going, is the people around me, which I think is what Papa Tafiri was saying about no one getting left behind, you know, and that we're all in this together. Mm. So in terms of where you're at and feeling tired, how are you going to combat that? Is that something that you're thinking about or you're just going to take that on board and feel that way for the year? <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, like, I don't think that I was fully prepared of uh, the mental exhaustion of this journey that we're on in, in learning to do because by three o'clock, I'm exhausted and I'm tired as. And see, by 3 p.m., I'm like, I got to go home and mm. sleep because mm. I'm exhausted. But I have been thinking about that, about why I feel so exhausted. And I think, yeah, I think it's just been like a really humbling sort of experience. The commitments that I've, I've got with, with work and things like that. I mean, I was so excited to take people on this journey, right? I'm like, yeah, mm. I'm going to go learn to do Māori and, you know, nine to three and then other things, you know, I've got to do and I've got to do work and stuff. But, you know, when 3 p.m. comes around, I'm, I'm just like, whoo. Yeah. Like that was a long day of internalizing everything, of trying to, you know, get the real, and, and you know, it, it's it's draining. It's like probably the hardest thing that I've ever done, harder than the career that I had as a journalist. Like it, it, it's way more harder because I'm in my mind, I'm unpacking. Mm. You know, I could even say I'm unpacking a lot of trauma. You know, a lot of anxieties, um, insecurities, but. Like I said before, the thing that keeps me going or holding on is that I'm united with people who are on that same journey as me. 
if I was to do this alone, I probably would have gone back and, Definitely. and left. But I know that I'm not and that there are people around me who not necessarily feel the same but understand how difficult this is. And when I'm finished, I hope it will give me greater empathy for those who might be going through the same thing. Mm. And as I said earlier on, I'm here to total you. You know what I mean? We're always texting and trying to recap the kupu or the sentences that we've been learning at Kura. So that will continue and I'm sure that other people will be keen to total you on your journey because we I want to see you succeed. I want to see myself succeed. I want to get to the end of this year and have a corridor with you in Māori or potentially record a special episode from Back to Kura where we corridor it Māori, the whole episode. So your success is my success. He waka e noa. We're all in the same journey, we're all in the same waka. I think one thing that I have really taken away from this week is what the kayakal said about the tanifa of anxiety, but also the tanifa of everything else you need to leave outside the classroom. And so for me, I don't think I've been doing that. I think I've been going into class of my mind, my headspace, full of other things. And I think in the last week or so, it's been a busy week for Māori and things that have been happening in the news. And I am a journalist, so I follow the news and I'm you know, passionate about, about all of this. You know, you've got um, uh, you know, Waitangi Day mm. happened and then you had a lot of Pākehā commenting on tikanga Māori and then you had Awari Waitasi who was kicked out of Parliament for wearing a taonga. And so something that Toni Morrison said, who's my favourite author, she said the, se- the most serious function of racism is distraction. And I thought about that because the news and everything that I was consuming outside of Takeyota was distracting me in the classroom. And I was thinking about all these things and I, didn't, and I don't know, I still haven't found the right way to leave it all behind at the door before I walk into Kura because it just comes with me and all this kind of like, oh, mm. you know, and, and trying to, you know, trying to process all of that and... You know, like while I'm here and while we're here trying to reclaim Te Reo Māori, the reality of being Māori is you can just look on the news and see that Māori party leader gets kicked out of, of parliament, and that's a reality as well. And looking around, and seeing all these Māori having to reclaim a language that like shows such a traumatic past mm. of of Aotearoa, like those things. Get to me, mm. <laughs> you know, and I and I and and I think for me it's more than just meditating in the morning, which I've been trying to do, <laughs> but just trying to modito, <laughs> yeah, modito, modito, trying to leave all that behind at the door when I walk in, and to make sure that my space, my mind space, is clear. Otherwise, nothing is going to get in, and nothing is going to come out. What I have to say to that is when we revert back to episode one. We sat here and you talked about the Kuya saying that how can you tell our stories if you can't speak our language? The most productive way for you to make change, whether that's politics or tell stories or share our other stories, is to be learning the language. Mm. There's going to be news all the time, this whole year. There's going to be different stories that are going to irk you, that are going to get you feeling like, ah, colonization or whatever it might be. Because that's the reality of being Māori. That is the reality, 100%. But your reality right now is you've decided to take a year to reclaim your culture and your identity. And I think that that is your purpose this year. 
Wow. That, that's beautiful. Thank you. I so, said, yeah, no, I definitely know what you mean. And that's something that I need to remember as well, you know. And we talked about the energy type of things and I didn't realise how, how tiring and how draining it can be. And, and we are talking about this before, but, you know, with us doing this podcast and then I'm doing another podcast as well, doing a column for newsroom and doing other mahi on the side too. He poku mahi koe. You're a hard worker. Namahi. Namahi. <laughs> <laughs> but hard out no. You know, know what I mean, and and like I think the reality, and for people who are listening who are wanting to do it next year, is you really do need to think about your commitments outside because this isn't. And I was naive before to think that it was just nine to three and I'd fit everything else. And it's not like that at all, because you need to take care of your wider, you know. And I also feel sometimes guilty because I have just looked, I only have myself to look after. I'm saying like there's mama oh. like holding their newborn like peepee like you know what I mean or like the other mama who have to go and pick up their kids their four kids after kura you know and I'm just like oh man I only have to worry about myself like I'm I'm gonna go home and like have a nap <laughs> sleep yeah. eat snacks you know what I mean and so like then I feel a little bit like guilty about that but like what, what I guess what I'm saying is that this isn't this is a a full time commitment like literally and what Ashley is doing which I haven't been doing as much, you know, like every moment is speaking Māori, you know, where we are literally changing our our heart, getting that Māori heart. And that is full-time, 24-7. <laughs> it's not just nine to three. Oh, I think I think we wrap up episode two. That, I think, was a good recap of our first week, porphyry, the emotions, the feelings going on for both of us, be that different. Um, and I hope that, you enjoyed the second episode. Yeah, thank you everyone for all of your uh, totoko as well. Um, follow us on our Back to Kura Instagram page. <laughs> it's our work in progress at the moment, but we would love to just um, kōrero with everyone and to hear your whakaro. And especially for those who are doing, um, sorry, not especially, but for those who are also doing rumakirio as well, it would be cool to kind of hear your thoughts about it too. I know that we're all having different experiences and keep a lookout too because we'll definitely have people on definitely as well on the podcast and hear a little bit more about their stories definitely we're definitely going to share our taonga with everybody mm. which is very exciting for both of us um i thought we could wrap up the episode um, <laughs> this is just spitballing here. i know what you're gonna say i know what you're gonna <laughs> oh, say do you, <laughs> do you? you're gonna say sing a waiata? well i'm not gonna say we'll sing a waiata. oh but we'll speak it well, no. <laughs> what I was going to say was there was a recording. So every Thursday at Kura every week on the last period, we do kapahaka where we learn waiata, we sing waiata, we sing motetia. Which, by the way, is my favourite part of the week oh because I never got to do kapahaka growing up. So for me, it's really special. It is so special. It's so cool to be just surrounded by Māori, singing Māori waiata and just being in that ahua, you leave the building so energised. Um, we actually got a recording of one of our waiata, which I thought we could finish the episode on so you can hear some of the waiata that we're singing and learning so that potentially you could learn it or at least listen to it because it's beautiful. What do you reckon? Yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, kia ora, everybody. See you on... Oh, oh. See you next episode. Also, Ashley and I, did we already talk about that? I'm doing the karakia. Yes, that's right. 
this week coming, Shiloh will be doing a karakia in front of Rumakireo, which is about 130 people. And after Shiloh does the karakia and starts our day, I will be doing a mihi to support and totoko Shiloh and start our day. Which is so important to the wairua. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have a really good start to the day. Anyway, next week it's um, our class's turn to do it. And so Ashley and I are going to do Tuesday. And um, next week you'll find out how it is. But I'm nervous as. Ashley's like excited. No, I'm nervous as well. I've never done a mahi in my life. So I'm working on it very hard because I want to nail it. Because that was one of the big milestones for me doing Takiyuta was. I want to be able to get up on the Pai Pai or wherever I need to get up to and say a mahi. It's our first milestone. This is our first milestone. Second week. Mm. So you'll hear about it next week on the podcast. Kakite. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Kakite. <laughs> Kaki